Hello. Welcome once again to Time Between Times Storytelling. With me, Owen Staten. Before we begin today on our story odyssey, can I just thank you all so much for all the kind words and emails and messages that I have had over the last few weeks since this podcast began. I would never in a million years have thought that me sitting here talking into my computer would be heard all over the world. I have had messages from Chile, from Germany, from Australia, from Japan, from America and from far, far away. And every one of them brings joy to my heart. I started this as a YouTube channel during lockdown to help my own mental health, to sit and hear the benefit of a story told, to take my mind away from what was going on. And now so many of you are writing to me to say that you also have benefited from these tales. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Diolcho Galon. And please, I invite any questions, any Anything you want to know, really. Anything you want me to speak about. Anything you would like to ask me, please write to owenstaten at aol.com. In a few episodes' time, if I have enough questions, I will do a little Q&A. So ask me anything you like, really, and we can put it together. And perhaps compared and combined with a small story, we can make an episode of it. For that is its purpose here for us all to get together and listen to tales and enjoy each other's company. So please, write if you can. Ask me anything you like, within reason, obviously, and I will answer it. But if there are any stories from around the world that you want to hear, please tell me, and I will endeavour to do my best to bring them to you. Thank you, everyone. You have made this such a happy experience. Anyway, we must move on to today's tale. For this tale is one of my favourite tales, but aren't they all? This tale is an old tale, but aren't all tales an old tale? But this tale is one that sends a shiver down my spine. And this is a place that we can all get to if we live nearby. And this is a place that can be seen for miles around, for this happened in what is known as Pennard Castle. Now, Pennard Castle stands near Three Cliffs Bay on the Gower Peninsula, which is one of the most beautiful parts of Wales. And de facto, if it's one of the most beautiful parts of Wales, it is one of the most beautiful parts in the entire world. There the castle stands next to the sea, the ocean roaring in. All around it, great gulls fly through the sky. And it brings with it an echo of memories, as if things unseen still occur from ages gone by. You can walk under its archway and feel that something has happened there. But what sets this apart from the majority of castles is that every night when the sun goes down, it is covered with waves of sand until it is almost buried. And then the day dawns 
and the sand blows away, and Pennard is revealed once more, standing overlooking the ocean, as it has done for almost a thousand years. So let's go back and tell you a tale of Pennard. But first, let us sit back. Let us lose ourselves in the story. Let us take time to forget about all our modern cares, our strifes, our worries. And join me at the time between times. The time when it is neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. The time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin. So thin that for just a few moments we can step into their world. And for a few moments they can step into ours. The time between times. The time when people see ghosts. The time when people see figures out of the corner of their vision. Figures from a past long gone. But still they are here. The time when people encounter the Tulwith Teg in woodland groves. The time when people see lights in the sky wherever they come from. And of course, the time for stories. You have wandered deep into the forest, on little-known paths. The branches of trees hang above you. And there in a clearing, the moon is starting to shine. You sit on an old log in the middle of the clearing, the dying embers of the fire in front of you crackling. Smoke drifts away. And there, around the clearing, you see the faces of friends and know that you are all here for the same purpose, to hear tales told at the time between times. Far away, you can hear the howl of wolves, maybe the growl of bears. Far away there is danger unseen. But here, for just a small time, we can sit and enjoy in safety. Smiling faces are all around as the storyteller begins his tale. One told at the time between times. Many, many years ago, far from here, on a hill called Senlac, a great battle took place. William the Conqueror from Normandy had sailed across to invade England. A great English king called Harold had met him to do battle in what is now known as Hastings. And there, drawn up on a hill, Harold brought his army, but below them on the plains there were the great cavalry of the Norman knights. Throughout the day as the sun shone in the sky, the battle was joined, the clanging of swords, the crashing of shields, the thunder of hooves, the sky made dark by arrows. The fate of England was decided that day in October 1066, when finally, at the time between times, an arrow shot through the sky and hit Harold in the eye. With a scream he fell to the ground and his troops broke like a wave on the cliffs of the west. They ran from William and his knights who rode them down as they fled. William cantered around in triumph, calling for victory, calling that he would now be king of England. And following that great battle, 
where his knights were granted land for the deeds done that day. One of his favourite, who strode up Senlac Hill, covered in blood with a broken shield, was Henry de Beaumont. Henri de Beaumont, one of William's favoured knights, was granted one of the, of the most beautiful places in all of Britain. He marched west and finally settled in Pennard, where he ordered his men to build a castle, stone upon stone, brick upon brick, there overlooking the sea, so far away he could dream of home in Normandy, but also here in Wales. He would tax the peasants to make him a rich, rich man. From far away in London, William looked after Henry, and Henry sent him back coin. But Henry was a cruel man. He liked nothing more than to hunt and to fight and to bring to justice anyone who would oppose him. There in his beautiful castle in Pennard, he saw out many years was hated by the peasants around, but was known as one of the great Norman lords of Gower. Henry needed to be married, but he felt that none of the ladies around, the Welsh ladies, were good enough for him. So he sought many of the noble daughters from England, from Wales, even back in Normandy, but again none of them lived up to his lofty standards. Every night he would sit at Pennard in the great hall at his feasting table with all his squires and knights around him and demand that one day he find a beautiful maid. But then, many, many years ago, but on this very night, he climbed the rickety stairs up to his bedroom and looked out upon the sea which was as calm and as flat as a lake. And there, knee-deep in the ocean, he saw the most beautiful maiden he had ever seen. Her hair was as dark as the blackest night. She wore a dress garlanded with flowers, and around her neck was a necklace of shells. Even from far away in the castle, Henry was smitten by the gorgeous lady who stood in the sea. He rushed down the stairs, out of the great hall, through the archway leading into Pennard Castle. And across the sand he ran, until the sea lapped at his feet and he called out to the maiden, who was washing her hair in the sea. Who are you? Oh, my fair maid, who are you? The maiden called back that her name was Arwen. As soon as she looked at him, her eyes seemed to bore into the centre of his soul, or what was left of it. He splashed out into the water, and immediately fell down on one knee and proposed to marry this magnificent maiden. She agreed on one condition. She said that when she needed it, when she wanted it, she would ask one request and one request only in their marriage. And if it was not granted, their marriage would be over in that very moment. His heart was beating so hard, Henry felt that he would burst out of his chest. And he agreed to that on that very night. Two weeks later, when the sun was shining in the sky, 
the marriage was arranged at Pennard Castle in the Great Hall, and there Arwen walked up the aisle to marry Henri. She looked so fair there was an audible gasp as she entered the hall, even though her feet left wet footprints upon the floor. She brought no one to the wedding and strode up the aisle alone. Henri was totally smitten, and the wedding ceremony went without a hitch. There were whispers, of course, among the people who attended, that someone so fair must be one of the Tulwith Tig, or even the Very Voke, as they were known in that area in Gower. But they were all happy for Henri, for all of them realised that he, he was busy with his wife. He would not be so cruel to the people around. If he would take his wife out on hunts, Maybe he would not be so nasty to the people of Gower. Anyway, that night, as the bands played and the people danced, Henri and Arwen sat at the foot of the great table, hunting dogs at their feet. And she turned to him and said, My lord, I am about to retire to bed, but I ask that one request of which you promised me. By this time, Henri was in his cups. He was... A little drunk, shall we say. And he turned and said to her, Of course, you may ask me anything. My family will come tonight, at the time between times, the time when it is neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. They will walk from the sea to join me here at Pennard. And all I ask of you is that you give them a merry welcome that you welcome them under the roof of your castle as you have welcomed me. Of course, my lady, they are most welcome here. Now go, take your rest, and I will join you later. With that, Arwen walked up the stone winding steps to the great bedroom at the top of the tower, leaving wet footprints on the stone as she went. Henri became more and more drunk and all the peasants and the people who had been invited to the wedding decided it was now best to leave. For his men grew merrier and louder and more boisterous until at last they danced on the tables and smashed all the cups and made merry in the most violent way, throwing things into the sky. Henri walked to the door looking out over the beach saw a group of figures splashing their way through the sea towards the castle each one of them was bearing a basket some of them carried flowers and he knew that these must have been the family of Arwen he turned to his men my wife's family are coming maybe we should give them the welcome that they deserve and he called his men to run to the stables. There they mounted on their horses, and the horses thundered under the archway of Pennard, down towards the, the sea. And just as Arwen's family reached the sand, Henri rode at them, with his men, with lances and swords at the ready. He screamed a war cry and started to charge at them. The very Voke looked at him in the eye, and disappeared 
just as the thundering hooves of the horses reached where they stood, just as they would have been trampled into dust, just as they would have been smashed to smithereens, they vanished into thin air. Henri rode his horse round and round in the shallows of the sea and felt his blood run cold, for the people had vanished. He sent his men away, little shame in his heart, but he felt fear at this time. He walked under the archway back to the castle and up the winding stairs. The night was growing dark, and the wind was starting to howl when he hammered on the door. Inside, inside the bedroom, he could hear Arwen sobbing and crying, Open the door! Open the door! She did not open the door. He tried to ram it with his shoulder, but the door was thick oak, and it did not budge. He slid down to the ground, drunk, and fell asleep. At midnight he awoke, far away he could hear the church bells ringing, and the wind was whipping round like a whirlwind. He got up and saw that there was sand coming through the windows of the castle. He rushed down the winding stairs, through the great hall, and out of the archway, and there he was bolstered by the wind, brushed back and forth. He almost fell from his feet. The sky itself seemed to be filled with sand as he rushed around, knowing not where to go. That night, the sea roared and the sand flew through the sky until it buried the castle totally from sight. A great wave of sand landed on the stone to totally vanish and make the castle disappear. That morning, again at the time between times, the villagers and the townsfolk rushed to the castle, only to find just the top battlements of the tallest tower visible above the sand. And there, everyone who was within it had been buried and gone. Just an arm was seen sticking out of the sand, its fingers raised high, as if begging for help. They dug it out, and they found the body of Henri de Beaumont, the Lord of Gower. Ever since that day, no matter how much you dig at Pennard Castle, the next day it is once again succumbed to the sand. No one has been able to live in it for hundreds of years, and no one dares, for they say the place is cursed. It is a place of great beauty, a place of great wonder, but again, a curse. Ever since, Henri failed to grant his fairy wife one request. And what of Arwen? Of her no trace was found. But all we know that on the darkest nights, or at the time between times, with time it is neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, a fair maiden is seen dancing on the sands of Pennard, with flowers in her hair and a necklace of shells round her neck. It is said that sometimes she rushes into the sea, jumps beneath the waves and takes the form of a dolphin. 
and swims out to sea. Many have seen her, but none have dared to speak. For she returns to Pennard, to see the place where she was married to the mortal man almost a thousand years ago. And that, my friends, is the tale of the sands of Pennard. If you get a chance to, vi to visit, please do. It is a fantastic place. But please don't agree to a fairy marriage, for you never know what will come of it. Diochomal, my friends, thank you. Thank you once again for joining me at the time between times. The time it is neither night nor day, but the sun is gone and the sky is grey. As I said at the start, please feel free to write to me and ask me questions. Send me some tales you'd wish me to tell. Please subscribe and like and even leave a review for this storytelling odyssey. The tales from the time between times. It would help me in this podcast oh so much if you were to leave nice sayings on the podcast platform. That's hard to say. That would aid me. Thank you, my friends. I also, as you know, have a YouTube channel, Tales at the Time Between Times, or Time Between Times Storytelling, with Owen Staten. Please subscribe there. I release a story every week. But most importantly, take care of yourself. Know that you are safe here. Go out. Have adventures. Live in the moment. And know that you are always welcome back here. I will see you soon. Thank you for joining me. Diochen Waur. Hoil Waur.